Hello, my name's Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week. Coming up today, I'll be speaking to Kevin LaRosa, the aerial coordinator and stunt pilot for Top Gun Maverick. We'll discuss things from how the film was shot to Kevin's career thus far. Don't worry if you miss our regular news updates. We'll be back with more of these from next week. Let's start a little bit about yourself. What was your journey to reaching your role today where you're working with film stars like Tom Cruise and flying helicopters um, for your day-to-day job? Uh, sure. Uh, well, first off, um, good morning and thanks for having me on. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, as a uh, My job description is uh, an aerial coordinator and a motion picture stunt pilot. Um, as a stunt pilot, I, sometimes I fly on the camera and sometimes I'm flying the camera. So uh, it's a bit of a mix. Um, my journey to get here, I'm a third generation pilot. My grandfather was a pilot. Uh, my dad was a well-known uh, stunt pilot and aerial coordinator. So I'm a second generation stunt pilot. So it's pretty simple as a little boy growing up with a very cool dad that had a really cool job. That's kind of all I ever wanted to do. Um, so grew up with uh, living and breathing and sleeping aviation um, and uh and uh, they always used to say at a young age, you know, there's, you know, little kids that fly airplanes around their house making airplane noises. And I not only did that, but I flew like our old camera quarter around and I always wanted to look at aircraft through an, through a lens. So I think I was destined to become a film pilot. Um, so that's my journey and how it started. My journey, though, um, took me through working with my dad on film sets as a young boy into my early teenage years. I was washing airplanes and cleaning them and, uh, you know, fueling them on set, driving the fuel truck, you name it. Uh, and being a ground coordinator for him, which was really fun. So talking on the radio, learning that production lingo and learning the, uh, you know, the art of passing creative notes from the ground to the helicopter. And that was a really good background for me. Um, and then my dad gave me some really sound advice one day and he said, bud, you know, if you ever want to do what I do, you're going to have to leave the business and go become your own pilot. Um, in this way, people will trust you and you will not just be a junior. We share the same name, Kevin Larosa Jr. We mute that. My apologies. Um, and as a teenager who knows everything, that's the last thing you want to hear, right? You're doing exactly what you love. And um, But the guy's my hero. So I took his advice. Uh, and it was the best advice that I've ever received. So I did a lot of other jobs trying to build that experience. Um, in, in between all my jobs, you know, days off, vacation days, sometimes sick days, I was still working in the film business. I never left it completely. So I kept my foot in the door, but I did have normal aviation jobs, which was fantastic. So I did uh, traffic watch. I flew Cessna 172s around downtown L.A. for five or six hours a day, which is some of the busiest airspace. Uh, in our country. Um, and then I flew news helicopters and I flew charter helicopters flying VIP passengers. I flew cargo helicopters. I flew medical helicopters. Uh, I flew King Airs a little bit for charter. Um, and then I flew Learjets uh, uh, very early. I think I got certified at 19 as a co-pilot in Learjets. And I flew uh, charter all over Mexico and Canada, Alaska, and the United States. Um, upgraded to captain in the Learjet, I think at the young age, 23. Um, so I was doing helicopters and jets at the same time. And there was a reason for that. Everything I did 
um, was a building block and stepping stone for me to get experience. And I knew as a, as a kid that I didn't just want to be an aerial coordinator for the motion picture business and a stunt pilot. I wanted to be a very well-rounded aviator. So when I got to where I am now, I was proficient in jets, helicopters, airplanes, warbirds, and even drones. Um, I wanted to do everything. So I felt like it was necessary as I was building myself to be this person that I needed to build experience in all these different aviation facets. And that's what I did. Um, I did get hooked up with a company when I was young, uh, 22, I think. Their name was Wolf Air Aviation. They had a Learjet with a camera system on it. And I got to fly with some incredible pilots who flew that. These are ex-military pilots who flew for NASA uh, and flew every aircraft you could think of. And, and one pilot in particular named Thomas McMurtry, um, who's no longer with us today, um, he showed me the ropes for flying with military. Uh, he was a, a naval aviator and a naval test pilot. And he showed me close formation techniques, IFR tech formation techniques, nighttime formation techniques, military style briefings and debriefings, um, and very non-standard ways to fly the aircraft, work through emergencies. So that was very interesting training. Um, so all of these things culminated together gave me a very strong basis for flying lots of different aircraft. My dad always told me, you know, there's pilots and then there's aviators. And we look at guys like Chuck Yeager and Bob Hoover. And, you know, these are, these are aviators to their truest sense. These are guys that strap on the aircraft and listen to the aircraft. I think every aircraft, no matter what it is, talks to you. It gives you little hints of what it's doing or what it needs um, and it's okay to be book smart. I love that. I love knowing every limitation on the aircraft I fly, but really being in tune, you know, physically and mentally with the aircraft you fly. I think that makes you an aviator. And, um, and, you know, I had a lot of people show me that, uh, from a young age and I tried to carry that forward. So there it is. That's my journey. And I think when I was about 26, 27 years old, I had about 5,500 hours mixed between jets and helicopters. Again, been dabbling in the film industry on my days off. And I remember telling my dad, I think I'm ready. <laughs> I'm out of vacation days, I'm out of sick time. The movie stuff's getting busy. And now I have this experience. And for the first time, I really feel ready. And I made the leap of faith to become an independent contractor for the film studios. So leaving your full-time job. Um, and I never looked back. It was an incredible journey and a great moment. And from that point on, uh, I was getting hired by the studios to either run movies, full programs, start to finish, example being Top Gun Maverick, uh, or sometimes like yesterday, just go out with an airplane and do some stunt flying uh, for the day. Um, it's always a mix. It's always different. And I'm a lucky man in that I uh, got to follow my passion and it just doesn't feel like work. It feels like a, a dream. Mm. That's quite a cool journey, and I'm actually wondering if I've maybe um, crossed um, paths with you on the airwaves before, because I uh, lived and worked in L.A. at uh, Van Nuys for a year and did my pilot training um, out there in 2017. So judging from your story, you might well have been around. I was definitely around in that time. Mm. That's cool. So um, you've mentioned briefly that you created your uh, cinematography company called Cinejet. Um what does Cinejet do on a day-to-day -day basis? I know you briefly said um, you sort of uh, work on a range of things from just um, stunt flying to more uh, like taking care of the entire thing for Top Gun. Um, but what does a sort of day-to-day -day look like for Cinejet? 
Well, Cinejet actually isn't a film company. Cinejet is a, just a particular platform that I use in the motion picture business. Uh, it's an L39 Albatross. We trademarked it, the Cinejet. Um, the Cinejet is something that I dreamt up in 2016 when I knew that Top Gun Maverick would become a thing. We were hearing rumors. I had been on other movies with Tom, and he had mentioned it. And I knew that the current jet platforms for filming that I was utilizing really didn't have the technology needed to tell this incredible story that was to become Top Gun Maverick. So I went to work uh, dreaming up ideas and trying to figure out the most perfect camera platform. Um, and one day I came up with the L39. The L39 is a Czechoslovakian-built fighter trainer. Uh, it's uh, readily available in the United States um, in private hands. Uh, it's also used as an aggressor for militaries, including the U.S. military. Um, and when I looked at this jet, there was a few things that I fell in love with. One was that it was a very reliable airplane. Uh, two, that it uh, allowed me to put a gimbal, a camera gimbal on the nose of the jet, and that would be way forward of the wings, and it would give this gimbal a large look around, underneath, above, behind, above the wing. So the shape of the jet really offered some flexibility as far as being able to look around with the camera. Um, it was maneuverable. It was, you know, easy to fly, easy to get parts for. And then uh, I drew uh, basically a, a, a drawing of it, um, and I figured that I wanted to fly the shot over gimbal, which was the latest and greatest technology as far as cameras gimbals are concerned. And I made this image of this shot over sitting on an L39. I told my dad, you know, I'm going to build that thing. And sure enough, a year and a half later, I did. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without some incredible partnerships. Um, I found Randy Howell, who's my dear friend. He owns the uh, Patriot Jet Aerobatic display team. Um, I feel like they're probably some of the best L-39 operators in the world. And we took two of his L-39s and we made two Cinejets with those. Um, Randy's team is full of extremely knowledgeable engineers and crew chiefs. And that R&D um, and that build would not have been possible without Randy and his team. Um, I also utilize my partnership with Helenet Aviation, which is a company that I partner some of my film work with. Uh, and with Helenet, we worked with Shotover to customize a, a camera gimbal that's usually designed for helicopters to be able to go on a jet. So Shotover was, was integral in helping us beef up that system so that we can fly it at 350 knots and pull three Gs with it. Uh, and between all those partners, the Cinejet was born. And the Cinejet is, uh, is really just a tool in the shed for me. Uh, it's one of three jet platforms that I have available to me today. Um, that one's exclusive to, to me, K2 or Kevin LaRosa. Uh, I do all the flying, the film flying in it. Um, and it's supported by the Patriot jet team, which is, which is really nice for me. Um, the jet is very cool. It's got the camera on the front. So that's the shot over F1 rush. It's an open platform design, meaning we can put different camera packages in there. On Top Gun, we flew the Sony Venice with Fujinon lenses, so pretty much the best of the best right there. Uh, and then there's an aerial DP, an aerial director of photography. That's the camera operator who sits in the ejection seat behind me. And that brave soul trusts me to, you know, keep us safe and, and get the aircraft in there so that he can compose the shot and put beautiful aerial cinematography together. Um, on Top Gun Maverick, we had two aerial DPs, and I'll mention them because it wouldn't have been possible to shoot that movie without them. They're doing half the job in the airplane. Um, the first one is David B. Knoll. 
He is a very well-known aerial cinematographer. Top Gun Maverick uh, would not have been possible without him. And the second one was Michael Fitzmaurice, uh, another well-known aerial DP. And Michael Fitzmaurice specializes in the art of tracking high-speed targets um, and, and with great skill. So Mike was our secret weapon when it came to filming the F-18s from the helicopters or from the jets. So that's the Cinejet. The Cinejet is an L-39 Albatross. Um, that's one of our amazing tools in the shed that we bring to our customers. Super. Yeah. Um, sorry, I misunderstood that there, but, um, you, thank you for clearing it up, um, there. Um, I mean, we can't not talk a bit more about Top Gun. Um, obviously that's the reason why we're having our chat today. So, um, I know that you were helping to train, uh, some of the cast, um, on the film and obviously you were also doing some of the, the filming itself. Um, so I was wondering if you could just talk us through, um, what you really did um, on a day-to-day basis on the Top Gun set. Absolutely. So for Top Gun Maverick, I was the aerial coordinator, um, which means I was responsible for every single flight that uh, Paramount took with an aircraft, whether it was civilian or Department of Defense aircraft. Uh, And this also included the actor training on the front side of the movie. I was also their lead camera pilot. So every time we're watching a movie and we see an aerial shot, I'm either flying a Phenom camera jet, an L-39 Cinejet, or a helicopter. So I was the primary and only camera pilot for Top Gun Maverick. So my job was two-part for the movie. Um, one very unique thing that Tom Cruise, Joe Kaczynski, and our executive producers at Paramount really drove home was that everything had to be real. And we've heard Tom Cruise talk about that all the time. And what he knew as an aviator himself is that there was no way to fake that. The only way to get the distortion in the faces, the only way to get the performance correct was to make sure that the actors were shot in cockpit. Real practical flying done by the actors in the F-18s. And as you and I know, you can't just stick anybody back there. You know, they're going to get sick. They're going to get tired. So we built uh, this program that was overseen by Tom Cruise himself, um, and he assisted in, in helping us train the actors. This program took the actors from Cessna 172s to extra 300s to the L-39 and then eventually the F-18. Um, my dad and I, uh, Kevin LaRosa Sr., started the actor training in the Cessna 172. We'd fly I think twice a day with all the actors. And this was just to get them used to spatial orientation, talking on the radio, turns, stalls, landing and taking off. This was their initial entry into aviation, just to give them a little foundation. And once we felt like, hey, they're doing great, they have an understanding, they have a core, they're not getting sick quite as much, uh, we were able to graduate them. And we graduated them into uh, our friend Chuck Coleman's program, who took the next step. Uh, that was in an extra 300, which, as you know, is a highly aerobatic, maneuverable aircraft. Uh, and this gave our talent uh, the ability to pull Gs. Now we're building up their G tolerance. We're getting their inner ear uh, trained for these maneuvers, and it's allowing them to progress through this training to the next level. And once we got them to a comfortable level in the extra 300, we graduated them there. And then they went to my good friend, Randy Howell at the Patriot jet team. And now they get to fly an L 39. So now they're in a jet that's pulling G's and maneuvering. And that is really the last piece of the puzzle that got them ready for the F 18. Um, the L 39 is a great fighter trainers. No, it's got ejection seats. Uh, it's capable of pulling up to eight G's, which they absolutely did. Um, 
and I feel like the L39 was the perfect jet to get them ready for the F-18s at the backside of the training there. So once they graduated from all that, uh, they were able to hop in the F-18s, and let me tell you, I, I was extremely proud of all of them. Um, when I would watch the footage on debriefs or dailies, it would literally look like they were flying. They were able to focus on their performance because they were, in a way, seasoned you know, pilots from going through this training program. They knew where to put their hands. They knew where to look. They knew how to talk. Uh, it almost, in a way, had become second nature to them. They could be out in a canyon in an F-18 pulling 7.5 Gs, and they would power through it, and they would look amazing on camera. Uh, without that training, I don't think the footage in the movie would have looked like it looks today. I think we would have been having cast members get sick and tap out. I think we would have been having them focus less on their performance. And with with that training, I think it was the right thing to do. And I think we all see it when we watch the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because you never think uh, watching a film that so much goes on uh, to get to the point where where you're filming it and what we're watching. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to, to going to see it and looking out for it and looking out for your name in the credits. Um, but obviously, you know, Top Gun is all about planes. You've also done other shoots for films um, like the Marvel Universe. Um, I'm assuming these are more sort of um, aerial shots, but what, what goes into planning these? And, um, you know, what what comprises an aerial shot without planes? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question, actually. Um, pretty lucky enough to get to do a lot of Marvel movies. Um, uh, we've done the Iron Mans and Avengers and Transformers. Well, I guess that's not uh, the Marvel Universe, but we work on lots of different movies. Um, and the way it works is we get reached out to by a customer that trusts us and knows our work. And, and they say, hey, Kev, uh, we got this uh, as an example. We have a spacecraft that's going to reenter Earth's atmosphere, right? Um, and you need to shoot what's called a plate. And a plate is essentially an operated gimbal by an aerial DP that's sitting in an aircraft with us that is going to just shoot a plate shot or an empty shot of sky or looking up at space and zoom it down to earth. Uh, usually on board, we have like a visual effects supervisor, somebody who's going to be in charge of putting the spacecraft in the shot. And we have to visualize what this thing might look like and its energy and speed and velocity so that we can build what is called a plate so that CG can be added later. If you can imagine on Marvel Comics Universe movies, there's tons of plate work because a lot of the assets that we're filming aren't really there. Um, I remember flying on Iron Man and I flew a Lear 25B with a camera system on it and we shot, you know, tons of footage of blank sky. Uh, of Iron Man zooming around clouds and everything, and that gets added later. But it's really important. We get to sit down and we get to look at the storyboard so that we can see the look and the feel. We talk to the director because we become an extension of the director uh, as he trusts us to go up there and shoot the movie and help tell the story that he's telling. We work closely with the DP of the movie because he's working with our aerial DP because he's expecting us to be an extension of himself, of the look and feel and how we shoot the movie. And then we go up and we shoot these plates. Um, but they're not always plates. We get to do a lot of flying on camera in these movies, too. We chase cars and fly through buildings and um, you name it. So it's always different. It's always exciting. And no matter what it is, I think uh, that's what makes the job very cool is that there's usually no two things alike. Yeah, I mean, now that you explain um, sort of the process of filming a spacecraft crashing to Earth, it sounds really obvious, but, you know, it's never something that I thought of watching these films. Um, I know we're sort of getting a bit more pressed for time now. Um, I've got one more question that I'd like to ask you, if that's okay. Um, you know, you must have come across some 
pretty interesting, bizarre and crazy situations um, during your time um, doing this job. But I was wondering if you could just um, elaborate on one or two of these. Um, well, how about I give you a really cool one on Top Gun Maverick, since that's kind of the movie in, in the universe right now. Um, one of my most profound moments on Top Gun Maverick, I remember I just finished a morning brief with Tom and the crew. Uh, and this is early on in principal cinematography. And uh, I walked out to the ramp and I'm standing next to the Mav jet, as we call it, which is Maverick's custom painted F-18. Uh, and that was pretty surreal in and of itself. And Mav, uh, Mav, Tom went into the PR shop, which is where, you know, he gets suited up for his parachute and his helmet and everything. And I didn't think much of it. And I'm standing on the uh, ramp next to the F-18. And here comes Tom walking out of the PR shop towards his F-18. And I remember looking at him and it was kind of in the morning. So the light was beautiful. And uh, Tom was wearing his full getup. And I remember I got instant chills because that was Pete Maverick Mitchell in the flesh. Like I felt like I was in the movie uh, felt like it was like history in the making and he looked incredible. And I'll never forget that moment of him walking out to his F-18. Um, it, uh, it was a very surreal experience. And it, you know, we had moments like that throughout filming where you would just see something. I'd be flying next to, you know, an F-18 with, you know, Tom in the, in, in the aircraft or something. And you're like, man. I'm flying with Mav right now. Like, I can't believe this is happening. So a lot of moments like that, but that's one pivotal moment that'll live with me forever. Uh, it definitely gave me chills. I think it, any aviator and any fan of that movie would probably would have felt the same way. I, I can certainly imagine. Well, um, I think that's all I've really got um, down to ask you today. Thank you so much for your time. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the film now. I can't wait for you to see it. Just know this when you see the film, um, and this was heavily driven by Joe and Tom Cruise, is uh, we talked about plate shots a little mm. while ago. Those weren't allowed on Top Gun Maverick. When you see this movie, not only is all the actors uh, flying in aircraft and real, mm. but the aerial cinematography is all real. And the basis we used for the movie uh, was that of we were never allowed to shoot blank sky. We were never allowed to shoot a plate. There always had to be a subject aircraft. So every time you see an aircraft on that movie, even if it's an aircraft that's not flyable, doesn't exist, or not readily available for us to shoot, you have to know that there's a real aircraft there that then CGI just enhances by maybe reskinning it. So that makes the flight dynamics real. It makes the movements real. And I think when we watch it as viewers, we can see that. We can tell. So just know that our formula on Top Gun was that everything had to be real, there always needed to be a jet in camera. Um, and if it needed to be manipulated at all so that, you know, it replicated a different airplane, it was just simply reskin. And they used all the real reflections and textures, all the flight dynamics, all the vapor. So that's really special for me mm. uh, from an aerial movie is, uh, you know, Top Gun Maverick is as real as it gets. Mm. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your time today. And I hope you have a good day out in the sun in L.A. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Thanks, Tom. Have a good one. 